Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got Coach Doug Patterson with me. Coach Patterson is currently the offensive line coach at Western Illinois University, uh, coaching previously at uh, St. Cloud and Minot State. Uh, he spent 13 years at St. Cloud, where he helped the Huskies to the NCAA playoff appearances in 2010, 11, and 12, while serving as the co-offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Uh, he coached before that at uh, Minot State as the uh, offensive coordinator, spending time there again as the offensive line coach, and coaching at his alma mater. Uh, coach, pleasure to have you. How's everything going? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. Also, in, a, in, in the Western, they didn't put in there. I coached high school football for seven years before I started coaching at Minot State. So, Oh, awesome. Where did, where did so, you coach at? At, at, a, at a high school in Minot, uh, Bishop Ryan High School, right when I got done playing at Minot State. Uh, I coached for seven years, um, and, we, and we had a lot of success. We had, we had couple, won a couple state championships. And, uh, it was an enjoyable experience. Awesome. I did not know that. So, that's actually a good, uh, a good segue to my, my first couple of questions, actually. So uh, my first question is, you know, you've been a part of some really great teams and, and you know, like you said, coached uh, a couple state championship teams. Talk to me a bit about how uh, the offensive line played a success uh, or played a part in the success of those teams. Well, I, I think most people would agree you have to be good up front, probably on both sides of the ball to have success. And um, I've been fortunate um, – even I've worked for mostly defensive coaches. Coach Elliott would be the first offensive co- head coach I've worked for. Mm-hmm. All believe you got to have, you know, you got to have two good. You got to have a quarterback uh, that can play, and then you got to be good up front. Especially playing football in the Midwest, you have to be. Right. Able to and we've always had good offensive lines. Even when I was coaching high school, we were good up front. At Minot State, when we were good, um, uh, we had good good kids up front. And at Saint Cloud, for sure, we did. Our our those those teams and we had a great quarterback a kid named Phil Klapocki who was really good um but our 2010-2011 teams uh we were really good up front and we were physical those teams we could control people with those guys and those were probably our best teams right um you know we lost the team that lost the 2010 team that lost up to Duluth in overtime uh the year Duluth won the national championship you know, that was probably as good a group as we had. And that was a super, I don't want to say overly talented group, but it was a physical group that really understood what we were trying to accomplish from a movement, how to block people, and, and came to work every day and, and got better at doing those things. Right. 
you know, the, the, the key point you said right there uh, that I think that I took from that, you know, obviously a lot of great points, but, you know, control. I, I, I think of a lot of offensive lines, they don't really consider that term a lot. But when, when you know, when they can – coaches do, but now the players might not. But when they can control the tempo and control the defender and control the pace, that's when – that's when things start clicking on offense, and that's when you know you, you you know you get some of those really big big plays, big drives, big games, and and great teams. Right. Well, one of the terms I use, and it's an old basketball, it's an old John Wooden term. The whole be quick, be quick, but don't hurry. Right. If you're going right. to people, you can't be hurried. And guys ask, well, what does hurried mean? Well, you're you, it's something you can see. Your bodies when you're rotating on the axis on the top and your elbows and your hands are out, you're hurried. You're playing too fast. You're not under control. You're not bending. You're not moving. Um, I, I think that's a huge part of blocking people's being able to maintain that core with your shoulders and hips in right. blocking people. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, I, I had to jot some notes down. So that's a, that's a great quote. I'm going to have to steal that from you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, so that kind of, it brings me to my first question, um, and this is something that I ask a lot of coaches because it always kind of fascinates me. Um, you played at Minot State. You know, you were a four-year letter winner there, and then you coached at Minot State. Talk to me a little bit about that. How was it coaching at your alma mater? Um, what were, you know, was the, was the, were there any kind of current, you know, was the staff the same? Were there any, you know, anybody that was similar? But, but just talk to me a little bit about that experience. No, and it was, it was, there was still a lot of people around, you know, my old line coach, uh, Bert Lighthold had retired, but he was still around. So I would still see him because it was, it was eight years later because I went and I GA'd for a year at St. Cloud and then went back to Minot State as the coordinator after having coached high school football for seven years. So there was still a lot of people around that I knew, um, but it, it was a great experience. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I worked with good people. Our head coach, Mike Sievertson at the time, he was a Minot State alum, um, was a guy who, and I had coached with at Bishop Ryan. Um, and, and he was a good coach. He kind of allowed us to, we implemented a kind of a no huddle stuff. We brought in a guy named Rob Spence, and Shoemaker and I, who's now at Eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. it, it was a great experience. It was a good place. My, you know, my wife and I are both from North Dakota. Um, both went to Minot State, so it, it was an enjoyable time. We lived a long time in Minot. Right. Yeah, that's. I think that's something that a lot of coaches it, – it's a great experience for coaches to coach at their alma mater for sure, um, you know, even if it's just for a year or two. Uh, but it is good to kind of branch out and, and get out a little bit. And, you know, like you did, you know, you, you spent some time coaching high school ball, um, and then obviously you, you went to, to St. Cloud after that. So it's not a – some, play, some people like to build their career off of that, and that's great, but um, it's good to definitely, you know, especially young coaches listening, get out a little bit and kind of branch branch out, so to speak. Right, for sure, for sure. And I was fortunate, again, and it was those connections, those Minot State connections. Randy Hedberg had recruited me to play at Minot State. Mm -hmm. Randy had hired me as a GA at St. Cloud State, and I went back to Minot, and then Randy hired me back as a full-time guy at St. Cloud State. So it was that connection that got me back to St. Cloud State. So. Right. So that, that actually brings me to my next point of, you know, your time at St. Cloud State as the offensive line coach and, and co-offensive coordinator. How, how did you guys sort of, you know, just, and this is kind of one of my own, 
you know, the, the, the perks of, of doing this podcast is I get to kind of ask the questions I want to ask and I get to have the people on I want to have on. So, you know, my sort of question was how did, as a, as a co-offensive coordinator, how did you guys um, sort of split that up, you know, in, in regards to, to, to duties and, and roles and, and I guess play calling, how did you guys uh, handle that, um, you know, with, with your other offensive coordinator? Sure. And for me and my time there, I had two different guys that I worked with. It was Ian Shoemaker for the first, um, whatever it was, six, seven years, and then Chris Musman, the last part of it. And, and both experiences were good. The Ian Shoemaker, when Ian got hired, Ian had worked with us at Minot. And, and like I said, Ian and I had kind of put together way back in 2000, oh gosh, early 2000, 2001, 2000, mm-hmm. we flew a guy named Rob Spence in. Uh, to mine out North Dakota for three days and held him captive. And he kind of taught <laughs> a little spread offense. And so we kind of incorporated that. So when I got hired at, at St. Cloud and we had a chance to hire somebody, we hired Ian from Baldwin Wallace. And so we had a lot of the same concepts. And Ian, being the quarterback guy, and he's a super intelligent dude, um, I, I know this. I've called plays mm-hmm. and and just been the offensive cor- uh, offensive line coach. I prefer to just be the old line coach. Um, I think I'm a better coach. Right. You know, always called the plays and, and we had a great relationship and worked. And then he left to go be the head coach at central and we hired Chris Musman who had, you know, been the head coach at North Dakota. So, and, and Musk coached our quarterbacks. And so we kind of let kind of stayed with that same process of letting him call the plays um, and, and kind of morph, took some of his ideas, some of our ideas and, Again, I think play calling is important, right? Right. To do it, but most of the work, hopefully you've done a good enough job on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that by the time you get to the game, play calling kind of takes care of itself for the most part. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. You know, it's all about the, the preparation and getting, getting ready for kind of the, the, the performance for sure, for sure, and 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 I've been fortunate to work with both those guys who were who who had a lot of football knowledge and brought a lot of different ideas. We could go into our, you know, staff meetings and our game plan meetings and bounce ideas off and get up on the board and start looking at different things. and And, and there was always a lot of good conversation about how to attack people, and, and I think that's important. I, 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 I obviously, as most coaches, I enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. I just tell guys. People who don't coach football, I would say, but Monday is one of my favorite days of the week, work week, right? Right. People look at you like, what are you talking about? (laughs) The day that you're installing and working on the game plan, I I love Mondays. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's, uh, you know, as somebody who's done it before and has called plays before and now kind of has taken a step back to not do it, it's, it's still, it's an awesome experience just to kind of say, hey, look, Here's what here's what these guys do. Here's what we do. Let's kind of you know put the puzzle together, so to speak, and and see how we can make things fit for our benefit and to, to take advantage of their uh, you know their tendencies, their quote unquote mistakes, and and uh, and those types of things. Right, for sure, and, and that happens during the week, and then when you're in on Saturdays or Friday nights, whatever, whenever you're doing it. Um, you know, in between the series, you go back, you talk with your guys, you have those conversations about what's happening out there. And then you have the conversations with the play caller. You kind of have an idea when you go back out, what's going to be called anyway. So Mm -hmm. 
there's always input from from people. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if if uh, you know if a coordinator is not taking input from from you know his offensive staff, then something's definitely very wrong there, or or, or you know there's some sort of for sure ego problem that that needs to be addressed <laughs> by by whoever's uh, you know in charge of that situation. So yeah, I agree there. Um, well, coach, you know, last question I've got for you, and, and you know, like we kind of discussed, you've been at some really great places, uh, you've been some great championship programs and, and, and teams. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive line from, from guys you've coached uh, or guys maybe you played with or, or even guys you're just, uh, you know, an, a casual fan of, who, who would be on that five-person offensive line? Well, and, and I've coached some, been fortunate to coach some really good players. You know, in my time at St. Cloud, probably the best kid I ever coached was a Lakeville North kid, a kid named Brett Bikarski, who was, when we recruited him, he was a 6'4-ish, 240-pound high school kid, mm-hmm. came in red-shirted, and, and I played him at guard as about a 265, 270-pound kid as a red-shirt freshman, and 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 then he kind of grew and I moved him to center. And by the time he graduated, he was a 305 pound kid who was, who was when you, when I put film on it, I want to show kids how to play and how to move. He, he's the kid that I show. And he was an SOB. Uh, he, he had those things like he was a football IQ, tough kid and, and understood how to move and hit people. Right. Um, he, he's as good a player as I've coached. Um, uh, I, I thought, had a, had a chance to play, you know, he played arena football for, I think, five or six years um, and, and then got done. Um, you know, I had another kid from Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, Bryce Johnson, who got signed by the Cowboys, who's, a, again, one of those kids, and, and you know this at smaller levels, at D2, Bryce was a 6'5-ish, little over 6'5", 230-pound kid that we recruited out of high school. Right. Um, ended up being a 320-pound kid. <laughs> And, and had all kinds of physical tools. Um, as far as other guys, when I look, again, I grew up, I'm a big Anthony Munoz guy. Okay, yep. I, I When I first started coaching high school football, um, uh, the guy who'd hired me gave me a clinic tape, and it had a guy named Jim McNally, who obviously mm-hmm. listen to all, um, and it had him and Anthony Munoz on a practice field, you know, the Bengals practice field. Um, and, and that's kind of where I learned a, a lot of the base things that I've learned. And then obviously going to the cool clinics over the years and yep. to coach McNally talk, and, you know, coach McNally, I did a Friday morning clinic for us. Um, so I've always been a big Anthony Munoz guy. So I, I don't know who the fourth one would be. <laughs> Other guys that you watch. I mean, the Jonathan Ogdens of the world. Again, the guys who played a long time. I, yeah. I, that's I, I, Jonathan Ogden, Jackie Slater's of the world. I, I think Ooh, that's that, a good that, – I tell you what. Jackie that's Slater played 18 right years. Jackie, Jackie Slater, Slater played 18 years as a tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and for, for again, for young guys, maybe, you know, as a player listening to this or even a young coach listening to this, pull up some of Jackie Slater's film. Because he, I mean, you talk about, uh, uh, you know, longevity, like you said, but he was a hell of a football player, too. I, I, I think, he, right. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves for the quality of player he was. He gets it for the longevity, yes, but he was a no, great He, he was really good. And, and to play 18 years back then. Yeah. yeah and there was, two-a-days were two-a-days back then. <laughs> right. right. 
There, there was no shells. Right. Yeah, exactly. You were doing, yeah, you were three hour practices two or three right? times a day. So I, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for those guys. I, I think those guys are good, you know, and obviously like the Bruce Matthews of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think Jonathan Ogden, when you watch him play, uh, I think physically he's, you know, the Joe Thomases. I'm always Tyrone Smith. I'm always enamored watching those guys that can bend and move at that size. Right. Um, you know, it's a little bit like go watch the, the dude from Oregon that's probably going to be a top five pick next year. That, yeah. That freak, right? Watching him move. I, I just enjoy watching big guys like that move around and block people. It, it's that, that is, that's a joy to watch. It is. It's almost, it's almost like a, like our own over aggressive ballet, I guess, you know, because, <laughs> right. because when, right. when those guys can get out there moving at six six three twenty, and and they look like they weigh about two forty five, it's just, it's, it's like jaw dropping. Right. Well, when you've coached the, the, the big guys to move and to see them move that fast and to make contact and then have to change direction and not fall down, mm-hmm. gain their core and be able to do all that stuff to me is it, it, it's amazing. Cause it's a learned, we all know it's a learned skill, right? And right. Blocking people is a learned skill. It's not something you develop when you're 10 years old out in the backyard, everybody's throwing the ball, catching the ball, running, tackling. They're doing a learned skill that they've had to learn how to do in really tough physical situations. I, I, I love watching that. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that those reasons right there are why, you know, us as coaches, we always fight when people tell us that the offensive line aren't athletes. That's go, go pull up some tape and actually watch offensive linemen move and pull and, and do all those things. And then you tell me that they're not athletic. So. Right. No question. Yeah. No question. Especially the whole term skill. I mean, obviously, right. People who use that term don't understand what the, ter- the word skill means. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All so, right, Coach. Well, do me a favor. Uh, drop your Twitter handle for me and, and any other information you want these guys to know, and uh, we'll get you on your way. Sure, and I'm super excited to be at Western Illinois. I, I'm very fortunate. Uh, coach Elliott's given me the opportunity to come coach there. I'm excited to coach in the Missouri Valley. Uh, we have a great offensive staff. Uh, I'm a super old dude on that staff now. Uh, We've got a bunch of good young coaches. <laughs> Our coordinator, Dave Rocco, is a super smart dude. Um, my Twitter handle is at uh, CoachDP78. Um, so I, I appreciate you doing this, Tony. I, I love the hot football chat. Yeah. Uh, lurker. Uh, I, I always go in and look. I usually – a lot of times I do the, like the day after. I just right. the questions and find questions that I like and then click on them and, and look at all the answers. So I keep saying I'm going to jump in, but – Maybe I'll jump in here one night here soon. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that'd be great. I, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, and and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we this thing happens, and and good luck this season, and uh, you know, hopefully you guys and your family are, are staying safe and staying healthy. All right, you as well, Tony. Thank All you. Right, thanks, Coach. Everything you do for for O line play. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...